seconds to go. Jaron dribbles into the front court, drives to the bucket, his shot, no good, put back up and in by Trayvon Scott. Cincinnati by one, Rose from half court, his yeah! shot is no good. John... The snap, the put down, the swing of the leg, it is on its way, it is good! Cincinnati wins the American Championship. Here comes Bosa. Here comes the quarterback, Pearl. Looking for a block, and he got it up on the front by Hopkins into the end zone. Touchdown! What a skipper! Called his own number and streaks for 23 for a touchdown for Cincinnati. Welcome back! It is another episode of Pardon the Punctuation, and we have a very special guest lined up for us tonight. We have our first conversation with a member of the 1,000-point club, currently sits at number 17 on that list of 44 men who have joined that club for your Cincinnati Bearcats basketball team, um, actually the second player on that list I've gotten to talk to this evening, but uh, we have Leonard Stokes here with us. Leonard, how are you tonight? I'm pretty good, fellas. How's it going, man? Appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's our pleasure to have you on, sir. Absolutely. So um, I don't know if you want to get into your time spent at Cincinnati first, or if you'd like to talk about the current state of the program first, but I'll let you drive here, sir. Um, I mean, I mean, this is uh, this is your show, man. Whatever you guys want to get into, um, I'm here, um, here to support, here to be, you know, here to kind of give you guys a little little backstory about uh, you know, some of the locker room stuff that the antics that we had, some of the other stuff, man. But I'm here, man. So whatever well, you guys want to discuss, you know, we know everybody wants to hear about the current state of the program. So we'll push that off to the end to make sure that everybody's listening to get through your story. <laughs> smart <laughs> man, smart. I like, I like it. I like it. I like it, Aaron. Wait a, I mean, this is the suspense. You got to build up to suspense, man. Absolutely. We'll, yeah, we'll work. Sure, in, man. We'll work in the uh, in the way that it happened chronologically. So, <laughs> for sure, man. you jumped into this program back in 1999, back when Coach Huggins was still here, back when Jordan Brand was everywhere on campus, and you saw damn near every game on ESPN. If it wasn't on ESPN, it was it was on Fox 19. The Bearcat um, bounce. So what was that first year like? I mean, you, you somehow logged seven minutes a game in that first year as a guy on an excellent team. And we'll talk a little bit more about that team here in a, in a little bit once we get what it was like for you. But what was that first year like for you? Um, it was – it was a great year. Um, the team was great. Um, you know, Kenyon was great. Jermaine Tate, Fletcher. Um, I mean, all Pete Michael, all of those guys were, um, were, were, were great guys, man. Um, they, they embraced us, our freshman class, me, Damar, Kenny and BJ Grove, they embraced us. Um, it was, it was a fun time. I mean, we off the court and I, I'll kind of segue that into some of the conversations we're going to have later. Um, but off the court, we were – it was a brotherhood, man. We were all um, – you know, we all did everything together. We would go to the movies. We would go to, to eat. I mean, it was – you know, it was a brotherhood. And one thing 
you know, with me coming in as Mr. Basketball, you know, Kenny, Demar, BJ, we all had, you know, good, uh, you know, good high school careers. Um, I never really got frustrated because Kenyon always would tell me like, hey, man, you, you're really good. You can play. So don't get down on yourself. You know, just we were stacked as a team. And, you know, these are the minutes. You know, you got Pete. You got, you know, you got Demar. I mean, it was, you know, Steve Logan. I mean, the list goes on and on, right? Like, I mean, that team was, we were, you know, front to back, Donald Little. I mean, we had a, you know, that was a, a remarkable team. So, um, you know, I, I loved it. I really enjoyed the ride, learned a lot, um, and, and really established a bond um, to this day. I mean, I just literally talked to Kenyon probably an hour ago, right? Like, um, I mean, I go to L.A., you know, I go to his his home. I mean, I've got the codes <laughs> to his place to get him, right? Like this, I mean, this is like my this is like my brother, like my big brother. I mean, I always in a sense I felt that way. I mean, even when he was with New Jersey, the Knicks, Denver. I mean, our summers in Denver were unbelievable. Me, Kenny, Damar, Ruben, uh, you know, Kenyon. I mean, it was uh, you know, it was it was you know, we were in the gym working out one day. I remember George Carl saying, like, uh, what, who am I, Bob Huggins? Like, why are all these Bearcat guys in here, man? So, I mean, it, it, you know, it's just, um, you know, it's, it's a brotherhood um, that was created. And till this day, I mean, we are, I'll be 40 here in two weeks, right? I mean, DJ's 40, Canyons, you know, for, I think Canyons, Canyons 43. I mean, we're all still, you know, intertwined. And, you know, coming in as freshman, you would have never, I would have never thought that I would still be friends with Kenya Martin um, at this, at this stage of my life. I would have never thought that I would still be friends with DeMar Johnson, but that is the type of atmosphere Coach Hogg created. And DeMar was only there for a year. So that's just speaks to how quickly that you guys all got or how close you got that quickly. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. I was, I was, yeah, I was moving, I was moving into the dorm. Now me, me, DeMar and Kenny did have, a relationship prior to coming to UC. Um, Kenny and I had a very strong bond. Um, DJ and I had a good one. Um, but I was, we were moving in, I was moving into the door my freshman years, my mom and my dad and myself. And my mom was carrying boxes and I didn't call or say anything like, hey, I'm here. I pulled up to the to the back door of the dorm and Damar and Kenny were coming out and Damar looked at my mom and said, hey, give me a box, you need help. And I mean, I'm, I'm in my head like, man, this guy's gonna be, you know, a lottery picking the NBA draft. And here he is asking my mom for, you know, for the box to, you know, to help take it up. So DJ's always been that way. Um, just a giver, just a great, great person, man. Just a great human being. Um, and, you know, again, I just, I mean, I talked to DJ probably 10, 10, 15 times a day. We're in a group text, <laughs> me, him, and Kenny. I mean, there's a group of us, man. So, I mean, it's just amazing that, you know, the brotherhood that we all, that we all have. And I know you mentioned you, uh, you were out in Denver. Were you part of that music video that, <laughs> oh, big boss Slim, boss Slim, him and Kenyon. Yeah, one? exactly. Yeah, I absolutely. A, I wasn't in that one. I wasn't in that one, man. <laughs> I, knew, I, I, knew, I knew early on I was going to take more of a knack for business, so I didn't want to get involved with the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> boss, boss Slim, man. I didn't know boss maybe, Slim. I didn't know if maybe you were the cameraman or maybe you were just like no, a, in man. the background somewhere. <laughs> no, they'll tell you. I was, def- I was in the background for one of them, man, and I just, I was. They probably had to mute that thing because I was laughing pretty hard. But was, I mean, we um, talked to Demar. We completely forgot to bring that up. Uh, yeah. I, oh, you guys should have definitely brought that up. That would have been, that would have been liquid gold for the, uh, just, for the show, man. Just cut, cut a, cut a clip somewhere and and just 
throw it out there one day. Like, just oh, yeah, YouTube ball, ball, ball slim, man. We talk about it all the time, man. We, we, we joke. I mean, we, we still to this day in our group text, we'll, everyone will, will rap a little bit. We'll call it like Freestyle Friday. Everyone will write a little, you know, couple lines and then put it in and then we'll, we'll, we'll talk. Man, we're, we're still ju- jubile, man. We still, awesome. you know, we still act like we're 18 years old in the locker room. Man, That's so. fantastic. So the, the 2000 season ends in, in a little bit of tragedy. For sure. As uh, that was supposed to be the year. Everybody knew that was supposed to be the year. So I don't want to dwell too much on that. We all know how that story ended, unfortunately. But you got to move on to that sophomore year, and you were starting all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. And so that was a huge transition going from that freshman year to that sophomore year. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we kind of saw some similar things this year and, you know, that step that Jeremiah Davenport took going from Mm -hmm. coming off the bench that first year into the – becoming a star here uh, locally anyway um, as a as a sophomore so kind of walk us through what that sophomore year was like and how that transition went for you um it was a good transition I knew over the summer um, that I had to work because I was gonna you know I was gonna be a starter and I knew what you know you kind of had this feel of what Cincinnati basketball was all about right like the fanfare the hoopla I mean, you you know, you go to the mall, you go to, um, you know, restaurant, you go to dinner. I remember um, freshman year, we all went to the mall and they literally escorted us out of the mall because there were so many people asking for autographs that they told us for us to come back as a group. We had to call ahead <laughs> um, to to come in, man. I mean, it was I mean, it was it, I mean, it was ridiculous. Right. So my sophomore year, I knew what the presence we had as Bearcats, what that meant to the city, as well as what it meant internally to the university. So um, just worked over the summer. Me and, me and Kenny Satterfield were in the gym all day, every day. Um, you know, I don't want to, uh, I don't know how, you know, NCAA rules or whatever, man, but we, you know, we would sneak in the gym at midnight. I mean, midnight, one o'clock in the morning to get shots up, um, you know, from, from our side, man. So, you know, we, we, you know, we tried to do as, as much as we could, but because we knew we had that, you know, we had a burden that next year. Logan was with us too, so Steve was there. Um, but, I mean, even going into that season, you still have the pressure of DeMar calling you, Kenyon calling you, Nick Van Exel, Ruben Patterson, Corey Blunt. All these guys are, hey, you know, you, you, you guys, it's your time. But, I mean, that is what the legacy of being a Bearcat was, man, it's just – these guys are, 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 you know, they're coming back in the summer playing pickup with us. I mean, I'm, I'm, Ruben Patterson is guarding me in the summertime, you know, so I'm, you know, when I get in the game, I'm looking at the guy guarding me like, you don't got a chance. I've been, you know, Ruben, I've been playing against Ruben all summer, man. So it was just a, a, a long lineage of brotherhood and support. Um, and, you know, those guys were always there through the bad times, but you knew you had to step up. So sophomore year, we knew, you know, we had to play. It was an up and down year. Uh, we were young, um, and you know we wanted to make it to the Sweet Sixteen, uh, but you know it was a it was an up and down year, man. But um, good year. We learned a lot of lessons, um, and then I think after that, Kenny bolted um, for the uh, for the NBA after that. And that was uh, that was the furthest any team that you were on made it in the tournament, correct? Correct. Yeah, it was a. Uh, we were not, I mean, obviously the Kenyan uh, incident happened. And then my junior year, you know, we were number one 
um, for I think 24 weeks or something like that. We were number one in the country. Um, and then we wound up using them to UCLA um, in, in that game. But yeah, that was the furthest we, we made it. So was it was it more fun then making it to the Sweet 16 or spending as much time as you did at number one then your junior year or being on that team your freshman year with all the superstars with Kmart and, and everybody else? That's a good question. Um, every experience was, was different, right? Like, so the freshman year experience was you knew Kenyon was a leader. Um, and it was just a team that he led with pure, I mean, just, I mean, he was just a leader. And that, I mean, one of the best leaders I've been around business, sports, whatever, right? Like, I mean, just upholds his will. And you had to follow that because if you didn't, you, you would say out like a sore thumb. So he set the bar for all of us. Sophomore year, we were kind of all over the place um, trying to find an identity, right? You've got me, you've got Logan, you've got Satterfield, you know. Uh, I mean, so it was everyone's trying to jockey to see who's the next who the next leader's going to be. Um, but it wind up working, right? Like um, that, you know, so we got to be advanced to the Sweet 16. But that year was a rougher year. I mean, you know, freshman year, you would come in, practice, you know what's to be expected. Sophomore year, we won two games, lose one, win three, lose two. I mean, it was, it was a different um, different animal. And then, uh, you know, we wound up making it the furthest. And then junior year, um, you know, it was really Steve Logan and then myself is, you know, Steve was Batman, I was Robin. And, you know, we had a really good season that year, which reminded us of our freshman year, but we were just in the lead at that point. We were the leaders of the team then. That season, I think, was the was my most favorite um, because I was actually a, 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 a large part of it. Um, and it was also the most disappointing. Um, well, I can't say that. I think Kenyon's year was disappointing because we thought that we were actually really going to win the national championship. My, my um, The junior year, we were number one. And we thought that we had a strong chance of winning as well. Um, but, you know, again, we, we fell short. But... Um, you know, if I had to rank them, I would go uh, freshman year, junior year, sophomore year, senior year. So senior year didn't go so well by comparison with the other years. I mean, you did make the tournament again as you made the tournament every year that you were at Cincinnati. For sure. But by comparison with the other years, that, why was that one your least favorite? Um, I was just, you know, if you recall, Donald Little, Donald got kicked off the team yeah. that summer. Um, and you know, kind of left me in a position where I was the only real experienced senior. We had Teron Barker who came from junior college. Um, and then everyone else was just young. James White, James had to sit out that year. Right. Um, and then, you know, Eric was young. Max Hill was young. So it, it was, uh, you know, it was just tough. I mean, I, I remember we played Marquette. And the, the one of the first games we had, I think I scored 22 consecutive points off a of pick and roll in the shoe against um i forgot the school it was against but that happened and then we we played marquette and i pick and roll and they doubled me and i had to throw the ball back over to Tehran. and d wade looked at me and said long season for you stokes we're gonna double you every time we play <laughs> d wade still my guy to this day man but you know i knew we were just young and inexperienced we didn't have a really good mix i mean tony tony was there bob tony was there but again tony was you know junior college um, you know, younger. So 
it wasn't like we had the cohesiveness like we had with the uh, with the other with the other uh, teams. So I'm I'm glad you bring up the cohesiveness as this kind of translates into where we are with the state of the program today and some of the other things that you've brought up um, that I kind of want to start kind of picking at a little bit here um, just to see where it has been different while you were with the program compared to some of the things that we've seen now. You talk about that cohesiveness, mm -hmm. that brotherhood. And obviously with the rules that COVID has, you know, forced upon not just, you know, basketball players, but the entire world, um, you know, it's, it's obviously been a completely different experience at the uh, collegiate level. And I don't know if you talked to any of these players, but as far as you know, um, what, what, can, what insight can you give us as to what it was like for these kids this year compared to what your experience was in college? Um, I think it's tough, right? Because um, not only from a basketball standpoint, but just, you know, college, you know, you're there, you know, you're meant to be social, you know, that's kind of where you're finding out your identity in life, right? Like, you know, you, you figure things out. So I think COVID is really, um, you know, taking a toll on that. Um, but I think on the flip side, you know, we do live in a world where a lot of these, these you know, these kids you utilize tools, Twitter, Instagram, you know, Snapchat to communicate. Um, you know, so, I mean, I, you know, I don't know. I, I think the one thing we can look at is the, the schools who usually are one and done, um, with, with guys who come in and, you know, go to the league. I think those schools have struggled mightily this season. And I think that's just because of the inexperience again, and the cohesiveness that they lack. Um, if you look at a school like Gonzaga, you know, they, they went 26 and 0 because they got some senior veteran leadership mixed with the freshman who was a stud. Um, you know, Michigan's done the same thing. They got some senior leadership, some up, you know, some older older statesmen mixed with some younger guys. So I think um I think that really exposed um some issues uh, with with kind of maturity level. And I think that's where we are with our program. I think that, you know, we've you know, we've got you know, and I, and, and again, these guys are kids, so I don't want to pick on sure. anyone. Sure. But I just mm -hmm. think that uh and I just think that, um, you know, through the lack of experience, I really don't think that they understand um, that, you know, you can't just you can't just give up because when you give up, you're giving up on, you know, you, you, the guy that's in the foxhole with you. Right. Like, you know, if I'm if I'm at the, if I'm in the foxhole with Demar or Canyon or um, Satterfield or Logan or any of these guys, I mean, say any of these guys, I know that if they're at one side and i'm at the other side they're not gonna fall asleep unless you know let someone come in and and, and and get to both of us man so i think that um i think that's where we kind of lack this year and i think you saw that in the play right like uh you know you you, you really have to have a when you're in a winning program and you're a winner you have to have this level of selflessness right where you know i'm willing to make the extra pass it's not going to go on my stat sheet i may pass to steve and steve may then pass to Demar for Demar to make the shot. I'm not going to get the assist, but it's a good basketball play, right? Right. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with you know with with you know with 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 how you view. Hey, am I going to quit or transfer? Knowing that this is my brother, we all had tough days with Coach Huggins. I mean, there were times when we all would come in, me Satterfield and Demar. Man, listen, we didn't sign up for this. We're going to transfer. We're going to, you know, older classmen are like, you guys are crazy. Shut up. And then, you know, we, we would shut up. We, because we, you know, we're freshmen. So we want someone to be able to, to vent to right. and, 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 and complain to. And you can't do that with hugs. 
So we did it with the other guys, and they're like, shut up. You guys are the greatest freshmen in the country. You're here. Let's get it done. And that's what we would do. So, you know, and again, it goes, it's a testament, right, to us. And that is why we're still, like, this is brothers to this day is because we would have never given up on each other like that. Well, so we would have never, we would have never given up on a city like that, you know, because we understood where what that meant um, to with the, with the, the the university. I mean, Oscar Robertson, Oscar Oscar mentored me for years. I still talk to Oscar to this day. I mean, I can call Oscar right now. I pick the phone up. Hey, Lenny, how's it going? You know, what do you need? I mean, those are things that you can't. Those are things in life, right? That are irreplaceable. And so that's, I think it's one how, thing. How much the, of the uh, how much of that would you say is like, you know, kind of like instilling the Bearcat way, right? Like how, how everything goes there um, came down to, you know, like the, the alumni coming back, like you said, like, you know, you're, you're playing against Ruben over the summer, right? Like mm-hmm. how much of that has continued, let's say over, I don't know, the last 10, 15 years of, of alumni coming back uh, and, and playing these pickup games or staying in contact with the the new guys that are on, you know, on the team that are coming in to kind of help them understand, like when you put that seat paw on your chest, like it means something different. I mean, we've done a good job with it. I mean, as any of those guys, the younger guys, tell you SK, I talk to SK all the time. I talk to Justin Jackson, um, Gary Clark. I mean, if, if uh, Jacob Evans, I, you know, I'm, I'm out on my business thing sometime at meetings. I was in San Francisco for a meeting I text Jacob. I said, hey, I need a couple of tickets. Jacob, let me take his passes for the game. Same thing. I was in Houston. Um, Dustin Grutzer, our old quarterback, Dustin and I were um, were together in Houston on a business trip. Hey, he left. Uh, Gary Clark left me six tickets, lounge passes for the for the uh, for the for the uh, kind of bar restaurant that they had there. I mean, these kids are, are good kids, man. I mean, they, they, you know, we 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 keep a rapport with with everyone just because that's what was done with us. So we tried to engage. This year with COVID made it tough because there was a transition. Trey Scott, Trey Scott is my little brother. I love Trey. You know, he represented the 13 well. I talked to him, we, you know, Instagram, Twitter, we messaged every other day. I mean, that, you know, those those kids are great kids. They, you know, they 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 fought for each other. You know, they pushed for each other. I mean, I, I was so proud and happy when they won conference championship. I mean, you would have thought that we won a conference championship. I mean, we were a holy girl watching that game. I mean, it was epic, man. So, you know, we try to do as much as we can for those younger guys just to, you know, let them know because, you know, we've been through the real world and we understand what they're up against. So we just try to, you know, try to be as supportive of those guys as we can just to um, help them, you know, with uh, with life, not even basketball, just life in right, general. Right, yeah, absolutely. I think T. Nelson said that uh, yesterday or a couple of days ago that, you know, it's possible if, if, if he could have been around, you know, due to the COVID restrictions, you know, if he could have been around or Corey could have been around or DeMar could have been around or somebody could have been around, you know, maybe these guys don't transfer out because maybe they're that, that venting, right. They're that sounding board that they can have to, you know, and and hopefully they, they they don't opt out, but COVID. No, that's that's definitely a good point. I think that that is part of um, the issue is, you know, is, is that exactly. I think there's not enough, you know, if you look at the guys who, you know, Gary's still playing, Trey's still playing, and that's the case of all those guys are still playing, so they, they're not back. We're here, and usually we, you know, we pick up the slack for that. Right. You know, as those guys will get done, you know, five, six, seven years from now, they'll then, you know, come back and pick up that slack. 
Um, but, you know, for us, it's just been tough to uh, watch from the sidelines with COVID. I mean, we, you know, we can barely go to the games, you know, with the, with anything. So those guys don't get a chance to see us, to feel us, to hear us, or, you know, to, you know, it's tough to when you got a freshman coming in and you've, you know, you got some older leadership on the team. Trey Scott would walk to all the freshmen and say, hey, this is Lane, this is tomorrow, this is, hey, these are the guys, these are the OGs, respect them. Yep. And then as those guys get older, you know, they, they you know, we, we have their ear. This year was tough to do that. Right. So, so, you know, to, and for, for those kids, it may, they may have felt like they were on an island, you know, and I, and we all respect Coach Brandon. Let's get that established and clear. We all respect him. Um, you know, he's in the second year. I mean, there was one point. I mean, if you look, uh, Mick, Mick lost to Notre Dame by 40, you know, uh, I think that was 2011, right, and went on to have a great coaching career. Um, and I think, I think Brandon's um, in the same boat. I think Brandon will be fine. I think we just have to give him some time. So how do you think that, I guess – just kind of knowing how things went with the with all the freshmen, especially who were here this year, how do you think the alumni are going to be able to just kind of make sure that we don't run into a, a similar situation going forward to where they don't feel like they're on an island? Obviously, I think they're going to start letting more fans in and what have you, but just kind mm -hmm. of, I don't know how much you can let us peek behind the curtain of the uh, the alumni gatherings or conversations that you guys are having. Um, I mean, we're always going to be there to support. Um, no matter who's at the helm, um, I think you know. Again, Brandon's been great. He's opened his home to the former guy players. You know, we all went there when he first got hired. Um, you know, he's opened the locker room. His line of communication is great. Um, you know, Rodney Crawford's there. Rodney played on the team with with me for a couple of years. Um, you know, so we're all in support. Um, but I just think that you know, COVID has made it tough. And you know, as a freshman coming in, if you are not playing the minutes you, you you know you think that you should be playing, and you don't have that kind of senior leadership established. Um, I think it can get tough, and you know if things aren't going your way, you may not see the light at the end of the tunnel because there's really no one there to, um, you know, tell you sides. I mean, and you know you got to look at Coach Brandon too, right? Like you know if, if seven, eight, nine guys are, you know, coming to him at daily. With, I mean that's a that's a tough. You know, it's tough to manage, you know, it's tough to manage um, those expectations. Right. So, you know, you kind of need that leadership, um, that kind of alpha to say, hey, guys, it's going to be all right. We're going to be fine. You know, let's do our job. You know, let's go out and and play and participate. Um, and, you know, hopefully we can get back to uh, back to that. I do think, though, that, you know, we've got to establish an identity. I think, you know, we've got to get a little stronger, a little more physical and do things the way that we have as Bearcats. Um, but I just, you know, I think that, you know, we really have to establish an identity because then that's going to let you know who you can recruit and who you can't recruit. Well, and I kind of piggybacking off of that. I think that you have that opportunity now, especially with some of these guys like a David DeJulius, like a Jeremiah Davenport uh, that are going into their junior years now. Uh, well, I mean, mm -hmm. with uh, with DDJ, I, I believe he's going into his uh, fourth year. Um but who knows what type of eligibility players are going to have going <laughs> for forward. Sure. For sure. But, um, you know, they'll have that opportunity to, you know, kind of establish themselves as leaders early on, especially after kind of growing into those roles uh, last season. So I think, uh, you know, just kind of going forward, you're going to see, you know, especially um, Davenport kind of put it all out there when he said in his tweet, like, don't lose the faith. I'm st like, basically, I'm still here. We're, we're not, sure. you know. 
And so what did that mean to you? And, and how does that, you know, kind of put faith in you yourself with the program and knowing that everything is probably going to be okay. It's just going to take a little bit of time. I mean, I got no choice but to keep the faith now. You know? I'm not going <laughs> to give up, man. I, like, if I give up, what do I have? Right. Sure, like, right. I, you know, I can't go root for any other college team and I'm in Columbus right now. And they, uh, you know, those, those guys take the, you know, they, they I take the brunt of my jokes right now, but I think we'll be, we'll be fine. We'll get back. You know, football's doing well. Coach Fickle's doing great, but, um, you know, basketball, we got to get back to, uh, where we are. And I think, uh, I think coach will do that, but, uh, Davenport, man, that was a, that was a big tweet by him. Um, I was proud of that tweet. I think that, uh, he, you know, that, that, you know, he was, you know, kind of calming the, uh, the, the, the waters there because, uh, I, I was actually in Nashville at a meeting and my phone just was going nuclear, you know, reporters, everyone was texting, Hey, what's going on? Can you talk? And I just say, you know, just give us some time. I think we'll be, we'll be fine. We'll be okay, man. Um, <laughs> I think that's the basis. I think coach, you know, coach is going to be, you know, it's just a different world, right? You got to, I mean, there's 5,000 kids in that transfer portal, 5,000. That's, that's a lot of kids. I mean, that shows you the state of where we are in athletics, college athletic, collegiate athletics, right? 5,000 kids. I mean, there's 5,000. I mean, that would be the equivalent of a strike. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if this was a union deal, that would be the equivalent of a strike, right? So, I mean, that is tough to – that's 5,000 kids who felt as if they didn't get what they wanted at the program. I mean, that is tough. My freshman year, I mean, I didn't get what I wanted, but, you know, you still have to tough it out and push it through. This is life, right? Like, these are you – can't, you can't just fold when things get tough. Is that number counting D two and D three athletes and JUCO and all that? Yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's an entire uh, portal five thousand. If, if you're running a team of fifteen players, that's three hundred and thirty three teams. <laughs> man, Aaron, Aaron, what's your day job, man? I need a, I need a CFO, man. You counted those numbers up pretty quickly, man. I mean, that's that's a wild, <laughs> wild number. Not a team. No, that's a that that's a. I mean, that is a disturbing and eye popping number. I mean, so Coach Brennan now is going to have to go into that portal and pull players out to get us in decent shape. But I don't think you can build a program off of um, transfer uh, portal. I mean, you can onesie, twosie, plug a spot here, plug a spot there. You may need a big, go get a big, but I don't think you can build a culture of a program through the transfer portal. So you think that the transfer portal rules need to <laughs> roll back where it's not like this mass free agency every year? I mean, like, I know this year with COVID, they're, they're saying, like, kids don't have to sit out, right, whenever they – and they leave and, and go to wherever else they're going to end up. But if you leave a transfer portal as in this situation where it's a, a freebie free agency, like every year, you know, you get a kid that, you know, maybe he has a down season at wherever he's at. And he's like, Oh, I'm out of here. I'm, I'm going to you know go elsewhere. And if it happens with somebody who is maybe a higher tier recruit, that's not maybe ready for the league. So they're not going to leave. Right to go to the league anywhere, they're maybe they leave from from Duke because they have a, a bad season. They some stud freshman comes in and now they're sitting on the on the bench their sophomore junior year and they're like screw that like I'm not sticking around here like they didn't believe in me I'm going to leave and go to Kentucky, you know like you think that those rules need to be looked at and adjusted. To be honest, I think that the if you're a player if you're a real if you're a player. Um, I don't think I don't think Demar Johnson leaves Cincinnati to go play at Duke his sophomore year. I don't think Kenya Martin leaves 
Cincinnati after his junior year to go play at wherever. Where, where you are is where you are, and it's your job to work to get yourself to where you need to be. I don't think that um, for all for 5,000 people to be in a portal, I don't think that there's that many bad coaches. I just think that the expectation and the generation of these kids, um, the mixture of that, I think that's what we're living through. Um, where everything is now immediate and, you know, hey, I'm going to the NBA and if I don't play enough, I, I'm not getting the Instagram likes I need, which is not letting me get the girls I need. And I'm a better looking guy than this guy, but he's getting the girls who can get the play time. I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of nuances to this stuff, man. And oh, it's yeah. really behind the scenes that, yeah, that is, uh, that's driving a lot of these decisions. But I mean, the sad part about it for these kids is, you know, you're going to have to be you know, 25, 30, 35, 40 years old. And I mean, you know, you you can't quit, man. You got to push through and tough tough through things, man. Like, you know, you're gonna get to the real world, and you can't go to a job and say, "Hey, listen, um, I'm not getting." You know, you're gonna pay me how uh, 100 grand? Oh, I need 350. Hey, good luck getting the 350, pal. This is the market value for you. So, well, and we've heard people talking about, you know, grass isn't always necessarily greener. Um, we, we've heard that coming from several alumni who've been kind of pushing that message on top of the fact that you have to consider if you're talking about that many people in the transfer portal, people are going to get left out. It's going to be oh, yeah. a musical charity oh, sure. where you just don't end up on a team and then what? So, for sure. um, so what do you, what kind of just for anybody who might be listening that has an opportunity to even make that type of decision in the future, like how do you build a program and, and the stability with all of that in mind? Um, I think it's tough. I mean, it, it, it's you cannot create an identity off of transfer portal. You can't because you're having so many kids coming from different cultures of programs that you're going to gel together and try to get them all to buy in. And I'm going to tell you what happens. If you're not, you know, Coach Huggins rule with an iron fist, but I've seen some coaches who haven't. <clears throat> and what the tough part about that is, if you don't do that, those kids all get off the floor. They're going to revert back to what they know, and that's where the that's where the trouble is when you try to embed that um, into um, a culture, man. And for the kids, I just you know, you know, you, you sign a letter of intent. There, there's some circumstances that warrant the transfer. Don't get me wrong. You know, some some guys. I mean, Dante Jones, one of our good friends, Dante transferred. You know, from Rutgers, went to Duke, and wound up playing, having a good career. So there are some guys who <clears throat> culturally or for whatever reason make a move. But, I mean, for 5,000 kids being that portal, is just a sign at the time. So I don't think that that's, there are that many bad coaches out there, that many coaches that have promised kids playing time that haven't received it. I think, you know, if, if you sign up, you know, once I get to a team and I'm more of an alpha – Hey, when I get to the team, these are my guys, and let's go out and win. If we can't, if we can't get. If we can't win, you know what we need to do. We need to get in the gym and get better. So let's get in the gym. Yeah, I think put the phones Huggins. down, put the video games down, <laughs> get in the gym. I think Huggins even had a guy go into the transfer portal today, and we all know that Huggins, you know, cares about his players. So yeah, it's it's just I think it's decision making. Yeah, I talked to I talked to Hugs after after they lost to Syracuse. We 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 text. Uh, he texted me and said, "Lenny, we suck." <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like Hawkins. So they coach, man. No, that is definitely the tweet. That is definitely the text he sent me. I text. Fourth, and then after the game, 
he just texted me and said, we sucked. And then I said, hey, coach, keep your head up this season, man. But, um, you know, he, he, he's going to call a spade a spade every time, man. But, um, I mean, they you know, they did play Syracuse. Syracuse, all they want to do is shoot the ball. You got to take that away from them, man. And uh, they, they continue to shoot. But I'm going to tell you what's going to happen with that, those guys. If all those guys go cold on one time, they're going to get beat by 40. <laughs> so as we're calling a spade a spade, yeah. let's talk about Coach Huggins. Yeah, for sure. What is this look he has right now? <laughs> is he an actual mountaineer? Like, is he <laughs> cadavering in the caves, mining for gold? What is happening? Yeah, I, th I thought he was going to star in the Big Lebowski part two. Man. <laughs> what, he, what he was looking at. I tease him, man. Hugs is my guy. I love Hugs to death. Usually, prior to COVID, I would go to down there three or four times. We stay with him. Hugs, I mean, Hugs is great. Um, Hugs is great, man. Just great, great guy, great, you know, human being, man. I've, I've lost, you know, not to change the note or somber the story, but I've lost both of my parents to cancer. And Hugs was there for me both of those times, man, and just a great guy. But, I mean, he – I don't know what's going on with him. I haven't had time to spend face-to-face -face because they're, they're – you know, they're, they're – they're contact tracing, man. So I gotta, I can't go down, man. But uh, yeah, you're, you're... I feel like he's two weeks away from a ponytail, <laughs> and I'm not sure he knows that he wears his mask here instead of here. So we all know that he's got this swashbuckler goatee going on. For sure, one thousand percent. One thousand percent. He's just completely let himself go. It's like he doesn't know he's on TV. No, no, he's lost a lot of <laughs> weight this year. Yo, do you think do you think he cares though? Absolutely. You don't walk out the door like that if you actually care. Hey, I had one of those phases. I totally <laughs> did. Oh man, hugs is hugs is hugs is the greatest, man. Hugs is I'm gonna tell you a quick hug story, man. So we were playing Louisville. This was my this was our junior year. We're going down to play Louisville. And we're we're uh we go to dinner. Hugs drove because I guess he, he had some event prior to, so he drove a rental. We were all on a bus. So when we leave dinner, he gets in the rental. We drive the bus. The bus pulls in. He pulls in after us. The rental he had is covered, and I mean covered in bird crap, covered. So the valet guy takes his keys. We're getting off the bus walking, you know, to go into the hotel. And then I look, and I say, damn, I'm, we're all looking at the – the truck, like, man, what is – so Hugs hands the keys to the valet guy. The valet guy looks at him, looks at the truck, and then Hugs looks at the valet guy and goes, those damn cardinals. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's awesome. I said, man, what – man, but he's, he's so quick with it, man. He just – his wit is so quick. He's so, he doesn't get enough credit for being as smart as he is, man, but that guy – I mean, if you look at the NBA careers of, you know, Kenyon, you know, Corey, Nick, Ruben, like, I mean, Danny Forsen, I mean, the things that he taught us, I mean, even when I was playing in the, in the D League, NBA Developmental League, my coach was uh, Joey Meyer, Ray Meyer's son. And he called Hugs one day and was like, dude, Lenny is freakishly intelligent out here and he goes no it's just our way of doing things that's why we were always number one field goal percentage defense and the rest of the things is because you just know you understand tendencies you watch film and you take the best thing away from what guys do man but hugs is a hugs is great at it um 
you know, love him to death, man. Just, I mean, just great. I mean, like I said, you know, we, we text after, you know, after his game. I talk to him all the time. You know, I go down usually to see him a few times a year. Um, and then, you know, then Mick has done great, man. Mick, Mick is Sweet 16. Um, first 20-point win, you know, by a pack. Pac-10 school, you know, that wasn't expected to be in the tournament. I mean, he's, he's done a good job, man. So, you know, Texas, you know, his staff, um, Coach Savino's my guy over there, man. You know, a lot of respect for those guys. So it's good, you know, it's good to see, you know, that we still have someone in the fray. Um, and, you know, and we're rooting for Mick. I just want you to know, I really did <laughs> have a phase like that. Man, Jimmy, Christmas, man. What, what was that? What, what are you doing, here? Listen, man, it's – was that a breakup? Was that what happened? I did end up divorced <laughs> shortly after that. <laughs> See, I knew it was a lady involved somewhere. I knew it was a lady involved somewhere, man. Yeah. So, um, that was. I don't mind putting myself out there. I told you, I, I can, I can totally relate. You, you don't walk out that door if you actually care. <laughs> For sure, man. For sure, man. But yeah, but it, you know, it's great stuff, man. You know, UC has been great. The city is great. I mean, it is. You know, I'll be forty, man. I was got there when I was eighteen, right? So you still walk around the city. I tell people all the time now. This is this is, you know, how old. I told DJ this last Sunday, right? We did a Sunday fun day, um, on the banks in Cincy, right? So, I said, man, listen. I said, do you understand? You know, it went from, hey, take a photo with me. To hey, take a photo with my son. To now, <laughs> hey, take a photo with my grandson. <laughs> that, that, is, that is where we are in life right now, right? Like I told DJ, I said, dude, we're old now. Like that is that is where we went. Hey, Lenny, take a photo. Hey, Lenny, take a photo with my son. Hey, Lenny, take a photo with my grandson. And I'm here, like man. But once I get to the great grandkids, then I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> no more I'm, photos. I'm done, man. Well, as you as man. you're talking about meeting fans. I met you actually in 2014 uh, in Memphis at a bar after the game. I don't know if you remember this mm -hmm. or not. And I came up and approached you and I said, hey, it's my dude's bachelor party. We're down here for a bachelor party. And we mm -hmm. had just all watched. I want to say it was UConn beat us at the buzzer. You can definitely beat us. You can definitely beat us. The, the, the bar that we were at was actually right behind the arena. Yeah, right yeah. behind, and we walked out. We were at that back bar. I remember you walked up to me, and then I came down to your table. You guys yeah. had a big long table. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So I didn't know if you remembered that <laughs> that whole interaction or not, as it was you know seven years ago now. But uh... I definitely remember. <laughs> I, I should have remembered it because if you ask me how my night ended, it wound up with me sleeping on the bathroom floor in my hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't surprise me at all. We were all. Oh no, man, we were all. That was that was, you know, that was a that was a. You know, it was an interesting night, man. One of my buddies is like a big healthcare executive who left Cincinnati to um, go run a big time healthcare program down there. So he and I went to dinner. Uh, we did a couple shots of tequila at dinner, and then I got to the game. And then after the game, you know, you just run into fans and there's drinks and there's shots, and it just didn't uh, it didn't really end well, man. I woke up the next day and met the UC faithful at the Peabody. Um, downstairs from our in our room, we we're all at the Peabody, and uh, I was a little, I was hurt, man. I was hurt. <laughs> I was hurt. It's funny you talk about like taking pictures with with kids and grandkids and all this kind of stuff. Because like when you when you were a freshman at UC, 
that first I was in eighth grade. And so I'll like that, we watched we watched like I remember I had teachers that would like turn UC games on. Yep. You know, like whenever like tournament games, you know, like whenever that when that kind of stuff would happen, and then like obviously like the Kenyan thing happened. And I remember like sitting there in class and just like everybody being so, like so somber because like UC was so, and still is for for you know many of us like just this such a big thing like yep. there's no professional basketball team here in Cincinnati sure. those guys that play on the, on the court there that that's that's, that's our, our team yeah. that's our professional team that's that's who we pull for who we you know some people have like their professional teams that they pull for ours is the UC Bearcats and so I think that that is part of the driving force behind all the emotion that has been coming out because I I was part of it last week with a lot of my hot takes that, that came out <laughs> over you know, these kids leaving and being like, it, it's very clearly, this is very clear that what we need to do and it's move on from John Brandon. And uh, obviously that was a very emotional like take on things and, and pretty at the other extremist as it were. Um, Jeff, just say you screwed up, man. Just say I screwed up. <laughs> I jumped the gun, man. You can say I mean, it, man. Look, I, what, what's funny is I called myself the bum of the week like two weeks prior to that, and I was like, you know, they're really they're heading the right direction. These freshmen are, are starting to gel together. You know, they're Light at the end they're of the playing tunnel. really well. They get to the tournament. They get all the way up. They you know they beat Wichita, and we're like, this is great. And then obviously they play Houston, who is on another level. Anyway. And, and then it fell apart, and I was like, I was right. I think I was wrong again. So, no, the, the, you're right, though, um, Jeff. The adversity, though, builds character, though, right? And you can't, when things get tough, you can't quit. So, quick story. Freshman year, we were going to play Xavier. Um, and that whole week is just big week, right? So, again, me, DJ, and Kenny. You know, Kenny and I are both from New York, right? Our state championship game, there's 15,000 people in the arena for New York State and Glens Falls, right? So, you know, we, you know, DJs play, DJs, you know, I mean, we all played in front of big crowds. So Hugs keeps saying, there's gonna be 10,000 screaming fans in here. And we're just like, all right, dude, we played in front of 10,000 people. It's fine, it'll be fine. And man, when we got to that arena, that was the loudest place I've ever played in the history of my life with basketball. And it was, you know, we lose. And again, it was it was one of those lessons where maybe we're not as smart as we think we are. <laughs> we should listen to the guy who's done this before, right? Like because you know when you come in, you're just you know you, you know you, you you're a freshman, you think you know everything, and then you go through this you know this 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 kind of time where you're figuring out that you really don't. And I think that those are the moments where you learn, you stick it through, you push through, you get better. It's going to happen again. It's going to happen again, and then. You're going to look up and it's not going to happen. You're going to be the one teaching the lessons and it, it all works itself out. You know, it's law of averages. So building on that, you have said that you can't build through the transfer portal. So if sure. you are in John Brandon's shoes, how do you go about reestablishing the Bearcat way and moving forward with the program? I think John's in a tough spot like everyone, everyone else is. All the coaches are. Um, it's very tough to recruit a kid if you can't see a kid play right um and that's just where we are with the world so i i mean you know i think the portal he's got to get some toughness 
and he's got to get some skill. Um, he's got to get some kids that are going to stick around and then let that, you know, hopefully guide us and, and kind of be the baseline. And then as things start to loosen up and ease up, go out and get your core group that you can build the program, start to build your program off of, you know, you, that's, that's what you, you know, that's what we want to do. Um, I mean, and again, we're not the only, I mean, we're not the only game in town that, 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 you know, has got transferred. Those guys across, you know, across the way, those guys are, you know, have four guys in Portal as well. Um, but it's just, you know, we're going to get the brunt of it because we're UC. Um, but, you know, they've got some guys that have left uh, their program as well. Um, so, again, it's just, I think that's what's happening with college athletics. And we've just got to get some, you know, we've got to get back to that toughness, that Bearcat way. Um, and, you know, I think coach can, coach can get us back there. So I have to go back to your freshman year. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I'm, I'm sure you've already talked to DeMar about it, but there's this little beef going on on Twitter right now between DeMar. Oh, and- oh man. Is, oh, man. Come <laughs> on, man. We would I mean, come on, man. We, I call Corey. I call Corey. I said, Corey, listen, <laughs> you disrespected us. Corey said that they would have beat us by 20. He said, he said that they would have locked down Kenyon Martin. How? <laughs> if, said, even if they easy. did, even, even if they did, we still had low, sad, DJ, Pete. You had me, you had D Little. I mean, we had we were we were loaded. Yeah. Dick Vitale said that that's one of the most talented teams ever assembled in college basketball. Damar literally said earlier tonight, where's our weakness? <laughs> uh, exactly. Like I'm where the roster and I don't see one. He said he said that '92 team had Van Exel who could create shots, but outside of Van Exel, he was the only one. Exactly Van Exel was the said. only one that could create his own shot. Exactly, he was the only one. So we would have. So Pete would guard Nick, and then you know what would have been the thing? Do not crowd Nick. Don't let him shoot. Make him drive, and then Kenyon would have blocked it. I mean, we. I mean, there's no. I mean, Corey has a no D down. Corey's got to fight for his for his error for his guy. Corey, no deep down inside, man. We would, we would have beat those guys, man. It would have been a matchup nightmare. Corey said Corey they said they would have beat guys. us by twenty. <laughs> he, said they have, he said they have four guys that they could throw at Kenyon. What, what Scott, do you think? The rest of, what was Scott, everyone else? Him, Eric Martin, and, and Terry Nelson. He said Kenyon would only get twelve points. I don't see <laughs> that man, happening. I, mean, I love it though. I love that that, that hey, that's man. happening on Twitter right now. Like I love that you guys are obviously it's it's all fun and games, but I love there's like that kind of like beef yeah, and sure. kind of back and forth going on. It's yeah. it's awesome. I love that. Look, man. The, the, I mean, the fans voted. It was a landslide of a vote. Seventy <laughs> percent to thirty percent. Yeah. Yep. I think I, Bearcat I mean, Neil did that, didn't he? I, I honestly think that you guys need to let us peek behind this curtain more often to where you're having these conversations that I'm sure you're having privately on group chats. Oh, man, it's crazy. But I'm going to tell you what. I, I, te- I text Corey the other day. I said, Corey, listen, man, it was 70 to 30. You know what? You guys lost the vote. If you guys want to storm, if you guys want to storm, shoot, go ahead. Man. <laughs> I think I think this, just having these conversations publicly is nothing but a good thing. I think it does nothing but get the fan base worrying less about John Brandon and the oh, turmoil sure. on the roster and more about sure. the smiles and the feel good. And I, I think it's nothing but a good thing. 
I for sure. We all listen, man. When I when I tell you we love each other, like seriously, like I mean, Corey, Nick, all of those guys, man. I mean, there were times when I was in Houston, Nick would come pick me up. You know, we 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 go do stuff. I mean, all of those guys. We played in New Jersey. That was my senior year against Gonzaga. I mean, against Oregon. Kenyon came pick me up from the hotel. We go to dinner. You know, I stay at his place. I mean, we really all love and care about each other. I mean, that 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 riff is just all in good fun. Um, but I mean, to be honest, man, we 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 all. I mean, it, the brotherhood with us is is really um is really real though. Awesome. It's interesting to see though from other schools because we know other players from other schools. We're probably one of the the, the, the most close knit groups. I mean, when when Kenyon and Demar and James White were all playing in that big three, we would all go to the games right. and support and watch. And there was Bearcats everywhere. There was all of us, and you know those guys are playing. We're there to support and watch, and we we're looking at the other guys. We're your guys. I mean, we we're, we are all really brothers, man. Seriously, that's, we are all really brothers. That's such a great, like, honestly, that, that, that's something that's awesome to hear here, and it's awesome for, like, recruiting purposes, honestly. It'd be like, this is how it is at Cincinnati. You come in, you stick it out. You know, even if, let's say, you're part of, of the, the core group that comes in and, and rebuilds this up from, from a, a struggling year to getting back to where – you know, everyone expects Bearcat basketball to be, which is mm -hmm. competing in March, right? And we don't just, you don't just graduate from here and go away and forget about everything that happened. Like, we're all, we're all part of this. Like, once you're here, you're part of this family. Right. You know, as long as you stick it out and you're, you know, here for the team. For sure. For sure, man. That. I mean, and that, that's what, that's what it's all about. That's what college athletics is all about is you've got to come in, you got to give it your all, and, you know, your legacy will be created, and those folks will not, you know, forget about you. I mean, I, hell, I was Mr. Basketball. I didn't. I played seven minutes a game my, my freshman year, right? That would, The easiest thing for me would have been, hey, I'm out of here. Yep. I can go here and play or go there and play. You know why I didn't do that is because off the court, Kenyon, Damar. I mean, me, Satterfield, and Damar lived in a dorm. They were, I was a couple floors above them. But I mean, we were in each other's rooms all day, every day. We did everything together. Hey, we're going to the movies. We're going to the mall. We're going to here or there. We did everything together. So for me to look and say, you know what, I'm gonna give up on these guys, or for them, to, for all of us to do the same, we wouldn't have allowed it with each other. I mean, we just, you know, we we knew we under we had to deal with hugs. He may be a pain in the butt for the time being, but he does have your best interests at heart. I don't think any college coach is doing anything out of malice um, for these kids. It just they're pressure packed too, right? And at the at the time as a kid, you don't understand that they've got to win. If they don't, then they're they're out of here. So they're trying to do the best they can do to win. It's not personal, you know. You just got to step up and play better. So between David DeJulius, Micah Adams Woods, and uh, Jeremiah Davenport, they really have a, an opportunity here to write a legacy. Really, so. if they're they're part of this giant rebuild from literally the ground up especially now that we've learned tonight on twitter that jeremiah is going to be working with damar um over the summer for, sure. uh, for training i think yeah i think in this year we didn't have a leader I, I i don't feel like we didn't have a leader i think next year it's gonna be jeremiah and we're gonna see a whole change for sure because i think what's gonna happen with him with dj training him is we're all around dj 
and we'll see him and we'll, you know, we'll all get a chance to talk with him and let him um, kind of take that lead and we'll all support. So I think that's what happened. And then, you know, he'll tell the younger guys, hey, here, here's who's who and what's what from our Bearcat alums. And those guys will fall in line and listen. And I think it'll be fine. I think, you know, coach will step up and do what he has to do. I don't think he, I don't think he hasn't. Um, I just think that it's been, it was just tough, man. He's coming in second year, COVID hit. Um, that, you know, he's in a, he was in a tough spot, man. So I think I got all the faith in the world that we'll get back to, um, you know, where, where we need to get to um, and, and push through, man. But um, I'm glad to see um, that he's working with DeMar, though. That's a, that's a, that's a huge sign of him. I mean, it, I mean, even the tweet that he sent out shows his character, but then to go work with DeMar over the summer shows that he wants to get better, right? So I think that'll be good. I think I'm also going to tweet John Brennan later on tonight and try to get that, that game set up from, for Bearcat Madness, Midnight Madness, get the 92 team against you guys. See if we can get that happen. Uh, uh, does anyone want to see – I mean, <laughs> some of those guys may be – I mean, if it's a wheelchair league, man, some of those guys may be in a – it may be a little better, man, with the – with that man, but I mean that is a. I mean we. I mean, that's a healthy debate though. I mean that 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 team that they had was was a was a good team. Um, I just think that we were too. That that team we had, man, was just unbelievable, man. I mean it was unreal, man. But it's a it's a healthy debate for the uh for the program, man. I'm I'm glad to see. I mean, my Twitter feed was going crazy. I looked, I said, man, what is going on? Here? And it was just it was just that me and Demar, we're all in a group text. I mean, we're just laughing, man, because we're all, you know, we all kind of talk a little bit of smack behind the scenes, but then we go out and we tweet, we all agree, you know, we'll tweet, we'll text each other like, hey, in a group text, like, hey, should we say this to younger guys? And then the older guys will respond, and then we'll all kind of line it up, man. But it's it's all a good fun, man. You know, we, you know, just, we're all, I think, proud to be Cincinnati Bearcats, man, to, uh, I mean, that city of Cincinnati is is great towards us, man, just great. Um I mean, you, you know, we're usually at Holy Grail, Donnie, Jimmy, and those guys do a great job with us, man, while we're in there. The fans are always great. You know, Mo Egger, Lance, I mean, you know, Kevin over at, uh, over at the news station. I mean, everyone is just great, man. Anytime we need or, you know, want anything, they're, they're always there for us. Um, so, you know, kudos to you guys, man, as fans, man. We all appreciate the love and the support, man. It's just, you know, from our side, it's touching to be – you know, 22 years removed from our freshman year and still have the bond that we have with the, uh, with the fans and the folks throughout the city, man. So it means a lot. Well, unless you guys have anything else, I got one final question, but I'll hold off if you do have anything else. I just want to say thank you to Leonard Stokes for talking me backwards off the ledge. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he did tell me I was wrong, which I can see. You, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be all right, Jeff. Listen, man, we'll get back to normal. I'll buy your beer at the game, man. We'll, 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 I'm a whole we'll hold you do that for sure. I got you, man. Don't worry about all that. Right. So, Ed, you got anything else? No, I can't wait to hear this question. All right, so I can't really let you out of here without like a really, really good Bob Huggins story. Generally, anybody who's who's ever played for Bob. The they usually have something in their back pocket that they can't tell us because all the reasons, but then they mm-hmm. figure it out and filter through some other ones. And they're like, I can give you this one. So whatever you got, I know you can't give me the good ones, at least not here. Um, but whatever yeah, you got, sure. I got a good one for you. So, um, you know, my senior year hugs, uh, hugs had his, um, his heart issue 
Um, we're in the gym working out. That happened. Um, so it's kind of a segue. So it's a two-part story, right? So Hugs, you know, he 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 has he's flying I think to Pittsburgh. You know, he he, he has his issue. Um, we're in the gym playing open gym, and um, you know, God rest uh, Dan Peters. Um, I love Dan Peters too. Was, my, was one of my favorite coaches. That's the way. But Coach Pete comes in, and you know, I'm captain. He's like, Lenny, come here. We're we're playing pickup. You know, it's intense. He's like, come here. So I'm like, what's going on? He's like, get the guys in the locker room right now. Hugs had a heart attack. And I'm like, what? I'm like, is he okay? He's like, yeah, he'll be all right. But just get everyone in the locker room, shower up, and, you know, I'll come in and talk to you guys. So we did that. So um, the next day I called Coach Pete and I said, hey, you know, what's going on? He's like, uh, just stand by, you know, keep the guy, go do your workouts, keep the guys together. Um, but Coach is at uh, Christ Hospital. So I said, all right. So he goes, you can't have any visitors, though. So I'm like, okay, cool. So you tell me you don't have any visitors, right? <laughs> so I go to I, I go to Christ Hospital. They're like, oh, Stokes, hey. Uh. I'm like, where's Coach Hugs? They're like, oh, he's up. He's like, what? I'm like, I got to go see him. So they, you know, let me up. So I get up. And when I – I think it was more for the media. They didn't want the media kind of um, in there. So I get up to the room. And when I get up to the room, he's kind of moaning a little bit. Uh, so <laughs> – I open the door, but when I close the door, he's like, nurse. So I swing the curtain open, and then he looked and saw it was me and kind of looked up, and then we both started laughing. I said, I ain't here to give you a sponge bath. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so he started laughing, man. That that, that is in Dick Vitale's book, though, that uh, hugs told that story. But um, so we get we get through that. I tell him I love him, all of that stuff, man, and then – um. They, they obviously they kicked me out, so I leave out. And then um, fast forward to later in that year, he we're playing UNC Charlotte in Charlotte. We win, and um, we come back. When we come back, hugs Chuck me Chuck. Great, I love Chuck to death too, man. Um, tough loss right there, but Chuck, all of the, all of those guys are sitting in the uh, may have been Tom Gregory too from Montgomery. All those guys are sitting at a table, so you know we're you know we're, we win. So we're pushing through. I have some family that's coming to meet me at the hotel because I have family in Charlotte. So I come down and I introduce hugs to my family. They, they were all at the game. So I'm going to eat with my family. Hugs has, you know, the, the doctors told hugs, you can have one glass of wine per day. One glass. Hugs has... I mean, if you ever went to a truck stop and they've got the big uh, 32 ounce, <laughs> the big gulps, Hugs had a 30, the big gulps, Hugs had a 32 ounce full of wine. So I look in there, I said, man, what is that? He said, that's wine. I said, Hugs, what? He goes, Lenny, they said I could have one glass. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> that's awesome. Man. So I got the big gulps. But I mean, he, he's, you got the big goat, man. But I mean, hugs is hugs is great, man. I mean, even at West Virginia, I go down there, man. I sit with June, his wife, and uh, he'll he'll turn around and Lenny, what is wrong with these guys? And I'm like, hugs, stop yelling at me. I don't play for you. Anymore, <laughs> coach of West Virginia, man. Yell at these guys, man. But he's a he's great, man. I mean, class act. Kudos, man. Good guy, man. A lot of respect for a uh, lot of respect for him, man. And what you know, what he's done for me in my life. Um, you know, coming from. The tough environment that I come from, and I think all those guys echo that. All of us guys echo that sentiment, man. So, 
Well, we will get you out of here on that note. Thank you for the story. Um, hang on after we finish recording. We'll give you a proper goodbye. But um, thank you for being on the show with us. We do appreciate it. Uh, love the stories. Love the uh, the perspective. Obviously, you talked Jeff off the ledge, so hopefully that <laughs> helps out with some other people Good who one. are just looking down and, and wondering what the hell's going on with the program. Hopefully that gives you a little insight and you know everything is going to be okay. Maybe not today, maybe not For tomorrow. Sure. But Three Little Birds, man. Bob Marley, man. Yeah, Every my little favorite thing song. will be all right, man. It's coming. So again, sure. thank you for your time. You can find him at Lenny Stokes13 on Twitter. And uh, again, we thank you, sir. Thank Appreciate you, you guys.